0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. My guest today is an American actress, model, and screenwriter. You may know her as CeCe in the Issa Rae web series, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, and Sarah from Insecure. In 2019, she directed her first film, Definition, Please, for which she also wrote the script. The movie just dropped on Netflix last week, and here to do a very special intro is her childhood friend and one of my dear friends, Monica Jindal Mehta.
1: Hey, my name is Monica. I'm so excited to introduce the guest today, Sujata Day, writer, producer, director, and star of Definition Please. So, I grew up with Sujata in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is the setting of Definition Please. When we were little, I always wanted to be like Sujata because she was always so cool. And I didn't realize until I was older that the reason she's so cool is that she's just so confident. She's never afraid to be different or controversial she's just always herself, which is exactly what I felt watching the movie. Seeing the living room she grew up in on screen brought back so many memories. I've been to parties at her house just like the ones in the movie. I'm so, so, so proud of her and can't wait to see what she comes up with next.
0: Had had an exciting weekend. I was just about to ask, how was your weekend? It was busy. I was working. (laughs) Yes. So Definition Please dropped on Netflix on Friday, I believe. Yes. And you got to tell me, was this like just insane? Did the the, the waves, splash?
2: I think we were sort of prepared for this because we have been on the virtual film festival circuit for a year and a half. And... I think once we started getting those first reviews and articles in August of 2020, after we premiered at Bentonville, which you were excited about.
0: I Yeah. I used to live there. And, um, One of my friends, Marcy Camacho, was on the board of the Bentonville Film Festival. Cool. I haven't met her. Okay. I I was tied in with that whole crew. I was working with uh, with music there. I was helping musicians in the area. And so I went to the film festival the year before when we were living there. And just when I read that you guys premiered there, I was like, oh, my God, it's so meant to be. I love Bentonville. I love living there. It was awesome. I
2: I went there as an alumni. So my short film, Cowboy and Indian, played there in 2016. 2017. Yes. And so they were one of the first people that I reached out to, Hey, do you guys want to program my feature? And as an alumni, it's really cool because they keep tabs on you and they take care of you. And they were like, of course. So
0: yeah, it's but- a surprisingly cool town. You would not expect it. And then when I got there, we went for my husband's job. I'm like, okay, this is like Walmart city. What is this going to be like? Um, and I've lived in nine different cities now, like lit, like for you know, a good amount of time in each city. And all of it's been great. But Bentonville was like the nicest surprise to me. Yeah, I actually
2: have not been there because we did the virtual festival circuit. Right, right. But I would love to go there in the
0: future. I will meet you. It's awesome. Yeah. I learned learned how to do, like, go mountain biking. Me, a South Asian girl, mountain biking. I mean, I I have never been mountain biking. You got to do it, girl. It's hard as hell. You know what? I don't like to do extreme sports. (laughs) Me neither. No, I'm all about sitting on my couch too, but it was one of those things. I used to, I used to downhill ski
2: back in Pennsylvania. And then I stopped skiing when I turned 18, 19, when I went to college, because I just, the risks were too high at that point. In I'm terms gonna say,
0: of, I'm going to tell you a quick story, my friend. So, uh, your girl Monica, who introduced us, who is now like my homie out here in the burbs in New York, we learned how to ski together last year.
2: Yeah, she didn't ski with us when we were no. growing up. I was, <laughs> I was in the ski club, and she was most certainly not in the ski club. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh,
0: that would totally be me. And I'm not surprised. Both of us are like. Can we just buy the awesome outfits and drink? Is that cool? Is that skiing? Is that what it is? Well, now we both I learned. Just... At, yeah, we both learned at forty. So wow. going back to the risk factor, I'm like, I if I fall on this bunny hill, like I won't walk for like a year. So yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So I I just was like, you know what? I'm not gonna ski anymore, and I was okay with that decision. And so I am the person who will go on go to the vacations and I will sit in front of the fire and read my book and drink my tea and
0: just chill while everyone else skis. The Alprey ski thing. Yeah. Right. So you need to join us then because we're going skiing in a couple weeks. So just just rolling over to this side. (laughs) No big deal. Come join us. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. We've become a little ski ski group. And so when she told me, she texted me on Friday saying, okay, my girlfriend – has this movie out, blah, 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 Sajatha, I'm like, Day? And I was like, uh, introduce me immediately. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, we grew up together. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to take you out for drinks. Let's do this. And so saw the film last night. Cool. The first thing I loved about it was that it was a coming-of-age film for people like late bloomers or just – Adults, right? That's exactly I, what it is. Yeah. Okay. So like, that, that's what I feel is my life. Like, I and feel the like I'm theme, a theme. The theme is
2: actually stated in the word that Monica wins in the spelling bee
0: Opsimath. Which right. Is someone who learns later in life. Totally. So that's the other thing I was going to mention Opsimath. As soon as I saw that on the, in the film and as soon as she spelled it out, I was like, that's me. I was like, holy God, I I am totally a late learner in life. I've always felt like a late bloomer. I kind of found my career path at 40, like just in general. Like I started wearing dresses at 30. Just everything was like uh, late bloomer. And I've always been a sucker for coming of age films. And I love the fact that A, it's an adult coming of age film. And two, most of the coming of age films that I love don't portray people of color. That is completely true. <laughs> so I, I loved that was my first thought. I was like, I love that you
2: did this. And so And you know, some of my favorite coming-of-age films inspired this film. So that that's what's exciting. You know, I, I have grown up to love the independent film and especially things that deal with siblings. So some of the movies that I love are like You Can Count On Me and The Savages and Skeleton Twins and anything Duplass Brothers. So all of that stuff, I was like, oh, I'm just going to put people who look like us in one of those kind of movies.
0: Love it. Were you ever an 80s coming of age fan? Any of the, uh, the John Hughes movies? Okay. So no. that was my that was my jam. Also because I, it was the music back then as well. Yeah. But again, that was obviously back then. It was all white actors and actresses, right? So that was what I was used to seeing. Right. So I love that you did that. I also loved that... You know, we all know there's so many South Asians coming, up, coming out in media and in films, and there's more representation, and you're in the, the crux of it, so you know. But I really liked this movie because it, you kind of sh- normalized how first-generation Indian Americans, South Asian Americans really are day-to-day, right? Like, there wasn't a typical stereotype. Like it, it just felt like something that I would go through in my own house. That was... The goal. Yeah. So (laughs) that's another thing. Yeah.
2: And and I think in especially Western media, what I've seen, listen, I've been in Los Angeles auditioning for tons of acting roles and and I was getting a lot of stereotypical roles and where I would have to do the accent or I'd have to wear a hijab, even though I'm Hindu and not Muslim. Or uh, right now, I'm actually getting scripts to consider directing and 97% of them revolve around arranged marriage, which is very strange because that is. none of my friends and I actually grew up even hearing about arranged marriage, except in our parents' generation, of course, but not in our generation, not me and Monica and our buddies. None of us, no, for sure. So that is very weird to me. And when I was getting all these scripts, I I said to myself, I got to create the role that I want to see on screen. And I want to normalize us and I want to humanize us and make it a slice of life film
0: and a peek into what we do every day. Right. I mean, normalize us also reflecting the fact that we are American. Yes. Right? We grew up here. <laughs> we were born here. So yes, we have our cultural side, we have different, perhaps, cultural uh, responsibilities, familial responsibilities, whatever you want to call it, which I think you did a great job with in that movie, you know, taking care of, of the mom um, and the dynamics between you and your brother. But yeah, at the end of the day, we grew up here. Like, we recognize, we, we're we American. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so I'm I'm glad that you showed that. And it's disappointing to hear that you're still getting scripts like that. Well... This is Hollywood, baby. I this know. So, it. So, so for someone like me, the outsider is, you know, just because we're seeing so many more South Asians on film and TV and blah, blah, blah. I just assume there's a big shift now. So the shift comes with actors in front of the screen
2: first. And where the changes really need to begin is the, the who's writing these projects and who is producing them and who is directing them. And we need to have South Asian Americans behind the scenes because another thing that I've seen that I hope definition please kind of breaks down barriers for this is that I've been meeting with networks and streamers and studios and they believe that you and i are already represented if there are bollywood movies on their site or you know that they're coming out with and and every meeting that i'm in i'm like that's a part of us that's what like what we did when we were younger we were watching bollywood right. movies because there was nothing else available to us right but now i don't connect with that that's not how same. we grew up. And and even like Parvish China, who plays a really funny cameo in my film, he said something that was really awesome after when I asked him to play this Jimeth uncle and he read the script and he immediately said to me, I love what I learned about Bengalis in the yeah. film. Yeah, and, and he has said, my Bengali upbringing is not the same as his punjabi upbringing in chicago we all have similarities but it's even more different from bollywood films right and i'm not being negative about bollywood films right now that's a part of who we are but where are the diaspora projects and and it's never have i ever which is incredible and i love it but there can be more and they can be in literally every single genre so let's Where's our Indian American horror movie? You know, where's our Indian American get out? Like that would be hot. So, so so I, I just want us to really succeed and make a dent in every single uh, subject matter in media that we can. right?
0: As we should. So then, I mean, you need to start the misadventures of a brown girl, right? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I know you were obviously you worked with you worked with Issa Rae. Are you still working with her now?
2: Well, we just did Insecure. We finished up Insecure. That that
0: finished up, right. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, I know you were obviously she's been a big part of your journey. And then also, I read that definition, please, was inspired by your own experience.
2: Yes, yes. So, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, every single project that I write starts with a teeny bit of realness. Okay. But then I fictionalize it from there. Okay. So I won my spelling bee in the fourth grade, Look at which, you. <laughs> which listen, it wasn't a really big deal because there were like eight or nine people in my grade. And then I went on to regionals and I lost in the first round on the word radish. I spelled it with two D's instead of one. Does that haunt you still?
0: Obviously, I've made a whole movie <laughs> based on this tiny, like, real thing that happened So to me. the movie was basically your therapy session, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes, so then, yes. you know, I went on to write a sketch in 2015 in an Upright Citizens Brigade comedy class called Where Are They Now? Spelling Bee Winners. And if you look up these spelling bee winners, they are NASA scientists. They're world poker champions. They're... Designing robots. So the punchline of my sketch was that one of these young women, um, did not live up to her potential and she's still living at home and she's kind of putzing around. Right. That was the that four page sketch was the basis for definition, please. And as I started writing the feature film, I wanted to explore why, why, why is she stuck in this state of arrested development? And I wanted to explore her relationships with
0: her family, her brother, her dad, her mom. Right. No, it's, it's, and then you also very smartly and much needed, I would say, talked about, mental health issues, uh, which South Asians tend not to talk about, and, you know, with, with, with the brother, and then again, the cultural responsibility we feel as first generation Indians with our parents, and then the whole model minority myth, right, which is all these these points are still affecting, you know, people our age, people younger, to so be the lawyer, doctor, engineer, and it, it's ha- it happened to me, it's happened to 90% of my guests on here, has it happened to you? I have an engineering degree. Oh, well, then... <laughs> good, uh, good. Oh, hey, so good. You're the engineer. I'm the lawyer. <laughs> and, was, and Monica's the doctor. So we're all... We're all is. We're, we're, we're all, all taken care of. We're all taken care of. Trifecta. Trifecta. It all makes sense. All right. Got it. Yeah. So I think it's important that you talked talk about those issues and then the mental health uh, angle of it. How did you... How were you able to intertwine all that? Was that originally part of the script or did you... Were you thinking, okay... This is something that needs to be talked about.
2: That was part of the script. So okay. when I write scripts, I kind of let the characters write their own journeys. And for Sonny's character played beautifully by Ritesh Rajan. He was great. He was great. He was great. Um, he,
0: uh,
2: the mental health angle was inspired by, uh, you know, we grew up in this really thriving Indian American community in western Pennsylvania and um I was hanging out with our friends on the weekends. I was going to temple for them class. I was I went to Hindu summer camp in Lake Erie and <laughs> Same, uh, same, same life. <laughs> and I could see it was happening all around us. Like friends were running away from home and and the parents would be so confused and say right. Oh, we he's doing so well in school and he's has a has a roof over his head and we feed him like why is he being like this? And nobody even I, I mean I didn't know the words for it. So we just didn't know what was going on. The parents didn't we not, didn't talk about therapy or of course or the words anxiety, depression, bipolar. Um none of that was in our vocabulary. And then I went to Case Western for school and I saw it all around me again. And this was not only with Indian American students, but Asian American students as well. And I mean, I hate to get dark on here, but people were committing suicide from, from the pressure that was put on them. It's like, it's just reality It's the reality. Yeah. You're, you have to get the best grades. You got to get the best job. You got to go to Ivy league schools. And And I just kept seeing it in the communities that we're in and nobody was talking about anything. And so that was, that was really important to me to flesh out the mental health journey of Sonny's character, because I wanted it to be not exploitative. I wanted it to be something that real people deal with every day. And then, right. I mean, we finished the film before the pandemic, but now I think, it's even more current to the situation where, you you know, a lot of people are lonely and, you know, isolation and going through depression and anxiety. And, and it's something that needs to be talked about, especially within our
0: community. Right. Which I think is slowly happening with maybe people our age and younger. And I think, you know, for our parents, it probably just wasn't even an option for them, right? Like first, I think professionally, career-wise, whatever you want to call it, I feel like for them, they just came here to survive. And yes. and, and it wasn't an option of, oh, what's my passion? They came here to have the security and those jobs offered it, the engineering, lawyer, doctor jobs. So I don't, blame them for pushing that on us. And and then also that the the mental illness, you know, I I recently started talking to my parents about about that and and some, you know, family members and and probably the fact that they do have mental illness, but my parents aren't recognizing that. And I, I told them like it's just not part of our culture. And they're they're starting to understand it now in the 70s, right? Right. Uh, where where I'm like, you know what, I I think everyone, if if you could if you can do it, everyone needs therapy. Everybody, every single single person, person, every single human is fucked up in a beautiful way.
2: Also, it's not fair to our friends and family members to kind of unload on different things when, when they maybe can't handle what you're telling them. Right. So, so I think it's really smart to just go to a stranger and just say whatever it is you want to say and not feel judged as well. Right.
0: That's the main. That's another thing with our community, right? South Asian community. There's a little slight judgment, guilt stuff going on, and so I think, at least for me, I'm sure you feel this way too. It's just been part of my, our DNA to feel that yes. way. Yes,
2: I actually never got pressure from my parents to okay. do a certain job or take a certain path. Um, it felt more coming from my friends who really? who were very. Uh, smart. <laughs> so we yeah. were, we were competitive amongst ourselves. Right. And so right. I was like, Hey, what college are you like? What would you get into? Who'd you Totally. Buy? So it's more coming from our community it as is. opposed to, uh, my parents, because I think I told my parents in 10th grade or so, I went to governor school for healthcare and I came back after 10 weeks and I was like, well, I am not going to be a doctor.
0: Yeah, and they were like, yeah. okay, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I was kind of the same way. Um, it was more pressure. I also didn't know what I wanted to do. I've been like, I've done like 20 different things, but you became an engineer and then eventually found your way to Hollywood. So tell me about It that wasn't journey. eventual. It was all very
2: much sudden big plan on oh. my part. Okay. So tell so, me about the plan. Yeah. So I went to Case Western the summer before my senior year. I, um, and, I had always been doing musicals, doing plays. Um, Even at Case, I took a semester of screenwriting, a semester of playwriting and continued to do theater while I was there. And I had gone to Australia, studied abroad for two semesters for an entire year. And that's where I decided, okay, I'm going to, right after college, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to start auditioning. And... So the summer before my senior year, I interned at Accenture. Of course. (laughs) And then they offered me the job after the summer. So I had a job at Accenture going into my senior year. Got it. And they were like, where do you want to live? And I was like, Los Angeles. They were like, cool. So they moved me out to LA. Little did they know that I was going to be the worst Accenture employee they'd ever had. (laughs) And uh, I... I don't know how much you know
0: about consulting. You probably know a bit. Um, I feel like 90% of my friends went into consulting. My husband was at Bain right after undergrad. Yes, yeah, right. yeah.
2: So basically, you don't really have to go into work unless you're placed on a project. Right. So I just tried never to get placed on a project. <laughs> and I think the entire year that I was there, I was maybe on a project for like two weeks. Nice. And in the meantime, I was having all my phone calls, just go to my cell phone. I. Went got headshots, did auditions, went to acting class, really like laid down my plan for acting and writing and all of that. And then I got laid off after a year and it was the best
0: thing that ever happened to me. After doing the two weeks of projects.
2: Yeah, yeah. Got (laughs) laid off. It was a round of layoffs. So it wasn't even like Okay. They were singling me out. Right, right. And I got severance and unemployment. And about like six or eight months later, I booked three national commercials in a row. And yeah. then that started my uh, professional journey. Because and- that's where
0: the money is, right? The commercials. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so, that's a very, uh, damn it. Because I was about to ask you to tell me a good Moving to Hollywood, rough it story, but it looks like you had it more planned out, like the the nice, this. I planned it
2: out like the engineer that I am. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you you don't have any roughing it stories when moving to Hollywood.
2: No, but then after that, you know, I was like a waitress and a hostess at restaurants, but it didn't feel like roughing it to me because that was always the dream. It's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I get to go to Hollywood and I get to do the things that people do in movies when they moved to Hollywood. They are waitresses at the diner. And it, was, totally. and it was just fun for me to be around fellow creatives.
0: Yeah, That was
2: exciting. So yeah. I never treated that time in my life as roughing it because I loved it so much.
0: That's amazing. And what were mom and dad thinking at this point?
2: They were like, you got laid off. What can we do? <laughs> 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 and I was like, hey, look at this money I'm making from commercials.
0: That's a very good plan. The Accenture plan was a very good plan you had. Yeah, I'm sure, th- I'm sure they were very, very proud to be part of it. <laughs> and so the other two things I actually wanted to go back on really quick uh, about the film was that a lot of these Netflix shows and, and movies about small towns, again, don't reflect people of color. And I love that you filmed this movie as, in your hometown, which is technically a small town, right? Super it, it, small town. Super small town. And there are so many daisies I know that come from small towns. And I love that you actually, we actually have a story about that because that, that too is rare, I feel like.
2: Yeah, and I think what's really exciting about Western Pennsylvania in general is I don't normally see it on screen. And when you do see it on screen, it's it's a stereotype to the region, which is very strange. It's very rust belt narrative. They they focus right. on, uh, on like opioid crisis and, and right. things like that and, and show it in a very dreary way. Depressing
0: way. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I was like, that's, that's not what I experienced growing up. I right. loved my childhood. I had so much fun in school. We, we got into mischief and we got into trouble and we had parties and it was fun. And so I wanted to, to portray that. Like, this is this is what we did.
0: What was the... Uh, so obviously you grew up with Monica. What was the Indian crew scene there growing up? Was it pretty small? No, it was huge. It really?
2: Was huge. There's two temples about 25 to 30 minutes from where we yes. live. And I've been I've to looked, one of them. Yes. I've
0: been to one of them. And yes. people
2: from out of state <laughs> would come to these temples just to, you know, worship. And so, like I said, on the weekends, I was hanging out with my Indian friends, you know, birthday parties, graduations, anniversaries, and we were hanging out all the time. So there was a there was the, like the North Indian crew. There was, I had a Bengali crew. Nice. Um, I had South Indian crew because I was taking Yeah. at the, at the SV temple. And so I was constantly surrounded by my Indian friends and, you know, a lot of us are fluent in our own languages. Uh, right. I'm, fl- I'm fluent in Bengali. So I think we were really lucky where we were because we, none of us, had this feeling of, oh, I have to
0: choose between cultures. No, we just yeah.
2: took the best of everything. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So, you know, obviously first generation South Asian Indians growing up here go through their own path to discover their Indianness. Do they accept being brown? Do they hate it? Do they shy away from Like there's, you know, everyone has their story. It seems like you've always accepted and loved it.
2: I've always accepted and loved it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's how I've been too. So yeah, it's it's great. I mean, again, everyone goes through their own path and I know friends, you know, my age that still don't accept it, right? Right. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting to hear from you growing up in a small town. You would assume it would be, you would just assume it'd be harder to accept. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. And then the other thing I had to ask you, because I too did a not for six years yes. and, and Hindu camps almost every summer. Yes, The Hindu camp thing I loved because I fell in love with a boy for the first time. Oh, uh, I know. Broke my heart. The Bharatanatyam thing. I have PTSD. What was your experience? We had the best
2: Bharatanatyam Natam teacher, Muni Jayanti. Okay. And her daughter was also in our classes, Deepa. And Deepa was incredible dancer. And I'm sure still is. And, and she was so helpful. I was, I was kind of like the jokester in class. So I didn't take it super seriously. Same, same. And I her practice at home. Same. And I would just go and, you know, do the best that I could do and make everybody laugh. And, totally. And it was just fun. And, yeah. and, and my dad will always kind of bribe me by taking me to Dairy Queen afterwards That's what you do. That's what you do. And so definitely not PTSD. It was um, even like the good dancers didn't make fun of us who
0: couldn't really pick up the steps super quickly. It was just a really great group of girls. That's awesome. I think it's because I was terrible and just got yelled at all the time. Maybe, you know what? Small towns. That's where it's at. Dianti
2: never yelled at anyone. Oh, yeah. I think she should have yelled at me more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely was. Yeah, I was like, I was in the back. And then the other, I think the other reason I had PTSD is because I didn't graduate. I, I didn't do the orangutan. I, I quit a year before. I also before. didn't do my
2: oh. room. but I, I kept taking class throughout high okay. school. And then I saw my friends kind of go through room. But there was never actually a particular summer that I could fit it in because you had to go live right. at Jayanti's house. For two months and like learn all these dances and eat like doll, you know, It's like an intense camp. It's an intense camp, but yeah. I'm super supportive of my friends that were doing Iron Gate. Through yeah, some of them I felt like were doing it to put on their college applications.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's hardcore. That other them is like that's not a joke. It's not a, it's a I mean, there should be a degree that they can hang up and frame for that shit. Because, for sure. So I, qu- I quit right before because I had become such a tomboy by that point. I was like all about sports. So my dad, till this day, say he's 79, till this, till this day will sometimes mention the fact that I never never graduated. But I'm like, dad, got married, two kids. Let's go. Let's move on. It's Okay. <laughs> I don't – I married a nice Hindu Brahmin boy. Like, I don't know what else you want from me. Great, great. Yeah. I, che- I checked it. I checked it. Okay. So also for def- definition, please, you you wrote it, you produced it, and you're a director. Yeah. That's a lot. So are you just, like, yelling at yourself the whole time? Like, how, how <laughs> do you do these three roles? This, this seems, like, insane. So – Once I had the shooting script, I put it away and
2: we had no changes after that. So then I could kind of take my writer hat off and then got got straight into producing and directing those two roles in terms of putting my cast and crew together, texting my friends to be in the movie, um, figuring out how we were going to get everyone to Greensburg, where were we going to put them up. And um, once we got on set, I also did a thing in writing the script, I made sure that my character wasn't the one with the emotional weight and right. and that was going to be Sonny. So I knew that I was just going to be really have to react to what Sonny was giving me. Right. So, so in a sense, I made my role a little bit easier because I knew right. I was also going to be directing. Um, and then once we got to the directing part, I was just channeling some of my favorite directors from Insecure Tina right. Mabry and Debbie Allen were just incredible. They were confident, they knew what they wanted, they knew exactly where they wanted their actors to be, but also super nurturing. Oh,
0: that's and so just key.
2: lovely. And and that's made so you key. feel like you were so important. And right. no matter how small your role was. And and I took that energy and I said, Oh, that's that's how I want my actors to feel. I want right. them to feel safe. Um and so that's what I channeled on set. I said, be like Debbie Allen. And we we made our days. We never went overtime. Little challenges happened along the way, but we solved all the challenges. And then um, directing was, it was really fun. So I kind yeah. of just, uh, also part of the directing, uh, we wouldn't have time for me to watch playback on set. So okay. I'm acting in the scenes and I'm directing them. I just really had to trust my cinematographer, Brooks Ludwig. Okay. And before we went to shoot, we had a lot of movie dates. And um, to talk about tone, and th- we decided on handheld photography. So we watched One Car Wai films. We watched Monsoon Wedding, which I believe balances a great tone between comedy and drama. Right. And so he knew exactly what I was going for. And and I had to put really 110% trust in him to get the shots that we yeah, needed. Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, I can't imagine. So I worked on a film set, a couple as a PA in between, I worked at Enron after a college in between my Enron days and my law school days. And I worked on a film set with Cal Penn and Lisa Ray for six months as their PA, giving them cha, taking them jet skiing, you know, Oh, what you're supposed, normal what you're supposed PA to do. thing. <laughs> yeah, just took CalPen Cal jet skiing. We both fell off the jet ski and I fractured my bone. So that was fun.
2: Oh my God. But
0: point is, uh, no, he still owes me for that. I know this is silly to say, but just those six months being a PA on that set, it was a small indie film but right before CalPen like, got into the bigger films. It's a lot of work being on a set. Like I don't think people realize like how much goes into it, and I can't imagine you like you doing these two big roles. Like that must have been twenty hour days for you.
2: No, no, not twenty hour days. No, I I no. also okay. I also have a a mantra of like I have to sleep. So I, I got eight to nine hours of sleep every night uh, while, oh, wow. we, while we were shooting too, just because okay. I, I need that to function.
0: Okay. And so, so you basically had a, your Accenture plan move forward to like the film plan. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So the engineering degree came into use. That's so good.
2: I certainly feel like it did.
0: That's awesome. So would you be doing, would you actually be engineering if you weren't doing film?
2: I don't even think Accenture was truly engineering; it yeah. was more of a people job. That was a ticket to L.A. Basically, it was a ticket to L.A. So, yeah. so yeah, I don't think I would be engineering if I wasn't acting. Yeah, there's actually okay. nothing else I want to do with my life. So,
0: I'm so jealous of people that know what they wanted from a young age. Ugh, I knew what I wanted; I just didn't know it, you know. And then, have your parents seen the film, and what do they think?
2: They love it. Yay! They love it. They saw the film, I believe, twice at two okay. different virtual film festivals. We played at four or five virtual film festivals in Pennsylvania where they had access to the movie. Right. So they really loved it when they watched it back then, but then I got another note from my mom, and obviously I talked to her this weekend, and they were like, "We we cried." And we what's pretty awesome is uh monica's and my families in greensburg were kind of like the mayors of western indian western pennsylvania so i'm not surprised by this by the (laughs) way so they're spreading the word they're facebooking about it and they are telling all of their friends and all of their friends who live across the country and in canada and the uk and New Zealand or Australia, where it's playing, to watch the movie, and I'm like, they're like my guerrilla marketing team.
0: That's amazing, yeah. dude. So, Jack, those what's Indian uncle and auntie WhatsApp groups? That's your guerrilla marketing team, right? That's there. it. Right that's there. That's all you need. It. They will. That will be spread across the world. You don't even need to spend any money. There's definitely like a Greensburg auntie. WhatsApp group that my mom's a part of, a hundred percent. And so sure. is Monica's mom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then like I get, I told my mom I'm like I can't handle the forwards anymore. I just can't. Like you can't send me any more budgens or like different pictures of Bugwan. Like yes. I get it. <laughs> I, I love him, her, she, it, we they. It's totally fine. But you gotta you gotta get me out. I had to get off of some of these Indian my cousins ones in India. I'm like, right. I just can't, I can't. I mean, I love you guys, Jessie Krishna, whatever, but let's just let's move on now. Yeah. Well, congrats. It's it was an awesome film, and I will definitely be pushing it on all socials. It's not a WhatsApp push, but you know, I'll try. I'll try. I'll You'll try. do what you can. I'll do what I, you know what? Actually, I'm just gonna send it to my mom. Do it. And that's all I need. And and then it's going to be spread all over Texas. My parents are in Texas. and so That's amazing. They they got their big Indian crew there. So we'll make it happen. So any current or future projects you can talk about?
2: I wrote a bunch of scripts over the pandemic. I have my next feature film in pre-production. I would shoot it back home in Pennsylvania. It's an Indian American ensemble comedy I'm really excited about. If you need
0: backup people, me and Monica can just. I mean, we might. We might. Oh, we can roll in, girl. We're good. I can throw 90 sticks, whatever Take you the, need take to. the Amtrak down and Pittsburgh. Take the Amtrak. Do you not ask me to jet ski? And other than that, I'm good to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no jet skiing in this. No movie. jet skiing. No, no jet
0: skiing. So you're, that's, that you're starting that project?
2: Yes. And then I'm pitching a couple different shows to studios and networks right now.
0: And then are you with Array? Is that the production company? that? So Array
2: is our distributor. They're amazing. It's uh, Ava DuVernay's company. She's incredible. She's such a, you know, a light for inclusive work in Hollywood. And she's an inspiration. So it's awesome to be partnered with her to take it to Netflix. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And then obviously you've worked with some amazing people. Uh, Shout out to some people that you would want to work with. Anyone, if it could be anyone. <laughs> Mira there. All right, we can make that happen. You throw it out in the universe. Would love thing. to work with her. Okay.
2: Bong Joon Ho for sure. Bong Joon Ho would love to work with him.
0: I think those two for now. Okay. Would you ever do anything with Bollywood? Yes. Yeah. I think it would be really fun. Yeah. I think like you said, and I like the way you said it, you know, I grew up with it too and love it. I still love it, right? Like I still, it's childhood memories. I have a connection to the music. Uh, Growing up, went there like every other summer between Hindu camps. It was India, Hindu camps, India, Hindu camps. I think like you though, I feel a little disconnected now. I don't relate as much anymore. And I'm finding myself... I haven't really showed my kids any Bollywood films. I don't know why. Oh, I, I, wow. I, That's interesting. Yeah. I have this thing. So, I, you know, a, a lot of, I, I watched Madhuri Dixit. I watched a lot of like the 90s, early 2000 Bollywood films. I still feel in the 80s, of course, but like I still feel like feel like the role of women were just, it was so negatively portrayed and I didn't realize it till later. And I feel like it affected me a little bit. As yes. a Indian girl, yes. and I, pro- I probably didn't know how much it affected me and what I thought the role of a woman should be, the role of a wife. Um, and I think I'm realizing that in the past few years, just kind of like, oh, maybe these things, these movies, these films that I watched over and over and over again affected the way I viewed myself in a way.
2: So what's really interesting to me is I only sporadically watch Bollywood movies. I've probably watched like through my childhood, probably like three or four of them. Okay. Okay. And one of the big reasons is I don't understand Hindi. Right. So for me, I grew up watching Satyajit Ray films where women have such a cool, central, powerful role in his stories that I can watch those Bengali films without subtitles. And and i think that shaped me as a bengali woman
0: interesting and that
2: also shaped my filmmaking because he he did the opposite of what was happening in bollywood at the time and he he portrayed stories about just normal people humanizing their everyday lives
0: wow I should have been hanging out with the Bengalis. Maybe. Yeah, always. We're the artists, you know, we're the you artists. You are the artists. artists. I know. I know. <laughs> All my Bengali friends. I'm like, why are you so creative? Calm down. Oh, no. <laughs> calm uh, down. Calm down. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so just, it, it just it's just something I've been learning about myself the past few. Years. See, the podcast is actually my therapy session. I love what that. I, what I've learned. This is why I decided to do the podcast. And I, and I like this question. It's kind of cheesy, kind of podcasty. What at the end of the day would you like to be known for?
2: I want to be known for inspiring the next generation of brown storytellers, and it's something that we discussed a little bit before, but. There's so many stories to be told. Not everyone's story is the same, and let's just get those out there. And right. and I'm getting these amazing emails and DMs saying, "Oh, this inspired me to do this." And 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 it's hard to be inspired by a $200 million big budget film because you feel like, "Oh, I can never do that. That's out never, of reach. It's out never going to happen." But if right. you watch a film like Definition Please, you're like. Maybe I could get my friends together in the backyard and do a scene. And that's what's exciting to me. I love that.
0: I love that. You know what I also love about you, the 45 minutes we've talked? I feel like you would be supportive. You are supportive of other South Asian creatives and South Asian women. And I feel like that's lacking in our community a little bit. Uh I don't know how you feel have felt about it in your journey. It feels that way. Um, you know, the whole the scarcity, um, scarcity narrative that we tell ourselves there's in the only past in-
2: four or five years especially out here in LA we've all just kind of banded together and we've been supporting each other and what listen we all audition for the same roles but it's like oh my gosh she got that role like Muslim Mucker got that role great she's gonna be amazing at it or right. you know like there's so many of us actors just kind of killing it. Kosha Patel is hilarious and she's booking a ton of stuff. And, and what's exciting to me is that there are a ton of, female South Asian American f- filmmakers that are getting their stories out and starting with Minhal Beg, Hala, a couple of years ago, went to Sundance. We right. have Maureen Barucha, who did the comedy Golden Arm this year. We have Geetha Malik, who did India Sweets and Spices. We have Iram Parveen Bilal, who did I'll Meet You There. And so there's this really great community of us that are telling our stories. And guess what? None of them are the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to be. It's just this whole narrative we've been told by whomever that there's only room at the top for that one brown woman or one brown man, you know. Um, and so it's amazing to hear that that's not what's happening over there, that you guys are supporting each other. And I mean, maybe the God. New York scene is different. I don't know. I, know. I mean, I'm been podcasting. i have been a whole different thing. And I'm, I sit by myself behind a desk and just talk to people. But, you know, just kind of feedback I've gotten in the past from – Various uh, guests from different industries, right? And just in general, general speaking, of the community supporting them throughout their journeys, and it's been a mixed bag. And so it's it's good to hear that in the acting world, you guys are banding together because that's what we need. We need more people like you in the front seats, right? Like this is what this is when change happens. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. I uh, I have a, a ten more questions, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> I basically wanted to get to know you and talk about the film, and I it's awesome that. Uh, you are directing and you are the face of it and uh, keep going. We're proud of you.
2: Thanks so much. Yay.
0: You guys, please check out the movie Definition Please out now on Netflix. It is so fun and so heartwarming. And I have a feeling we'll be hearing and seeing a lot more of Sujata Day in the future. Very awesome. As always, you know where to follow me. And guys, I did this whole linked tree thing where you can put all your links on one site. I know I'm behind, but I made it. So check it out on my IG bio. Thank you guys for listening. This is Tuckered Out.